welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Emma Fowler, Priscilla Kowalski, and Alicia Jackson. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you find value in Dreamful and would also like to contribute to the show, please visit dreamfulstories.com where you can find info about the show and on the support page there's a link to become a patreon subscriber another way you can support dreamful is to leave a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts or spotify or tell a friend about the show this really helps other listeners find us my daughter isley just turned 10 this week so when it came time to invite family and friends to her party we used Evite. Evite uses thousands of free invitation templates for every birthday theme, and they're all fully customizable. My daughter chose the animated unicorn design, and we were able to quickly enter the party information, add her Amazon wish list, and import guests from Gmail. It takes just a few minutes to create and send the invitations. Parents can RSVP, and you get RSVP tracking in real time. And maybe the best part, I didn't worry about whether or not she passed the invitations to her friends at school. With our sponsor, you can make your little one's birthday party the big deal it is. Find amazing, beautiful, one-of-a-kind designs in minutes for free. Head over to evite.com dreamful. That's evite.com dreamful. evite.com dreamful. A couple years ago, I was stressed to the point where I physically could not sleep. It resulted in awful headaches, a brain fog that I couldn't seem to clear, and daily panic attacks. Stress shows up in so many ways, and speaking from experience, you should not wait until things are really bad to get help. That's why I'm so thankful this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Dreamful Bedtime Stories listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com dreamful. That's B-E-T-T. E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dreamful. For this episode, I will be reading the Norwegian fairy tale, East of the Sun and West of the Moon. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams.
Once upon a time, there was a poor countryman who had many children and little to give them, either of food or clothing. They were all very pretty, but the prettiest was the youngest daughter. Once, late on a Thursday evening in autumn, with wild weather outside, they were sitting together by the fireside, each busy with something or other, when suddenly, someone rapped three times against the window pane. The man went outside to see what could be the matter, and there, in front of him, stood a great big white bear. Good evening to you, said the white bear. Good evening, said the man. Will you give me your youngest daughter, said the white bear. If you will, you shall be as rich as you are now poor. Truly, the man had no objection to being rich, but he said to himself, I must first ask my daughter about this. So he went in and told them all that a great white bear was outside, who had promised to make them rich if he could have the youngest daughter. But she said no. She would not hear of it. So the man went out again and settled with the white bear that he should come again the next Thursday evening and get her answer. Then the man talked so much to her about the wealth they would have and what a good thing it would be for herself that at last she made up her mind to go and washed and mended her rags to make herself as stylish as she could. Little enough had she to take away with her. Next Thursday evening, the white bear came to fetch her. She seated herself on his back with her bundle, and thus they departed. When they had gone a great part of the way, the white bear said, Are you afraid? No, I am not, said she. Keep tight hold of my fur, and then there is no danger, said he. And thus she rode far, far away, until they came to a great mountain. When the white bear knocked on it, a door opened, and they went into a castle, where there were many brilliantly lighted rooms, which shone with gold and silver. There was a well-spread table, so magnificent, it would be hard to make anyone understand how splendid it was. The white bear gave her a silver bell, 
which she had only to ring when she needed anything. After her supper, she grew sleepy and thought she would like to go to bed. So she rang the bell and scarcely had it sounded before she found herself in a chamber where a bed stood ready. It had pillows of silk and curtains of silk fringed with gold and everything in the room was of gold or silver. But when she had lain down and put out the light, a man came and lay down beside her. And behold, it was the white bear who cast off the form of a beast during the night. She never saw him, however, for he always appeared after she had put out her light and went away before daylight. So everything went well for a time, but then she began to be very sad and sorrowful. All day long she was alone, and she did so wish to go home to her father and mother and brothers and sisters. Then the white bear asked what it was she wanted. She told him it was because she could not see her brothers and sisters that she was so sorrowful. There might be a cure for that, said the white bear, if you would but promise me never to talk with your mother alone, as she will wish. If you do, you will bring great misery on both of us. So one Sunday, the white bear said they could now set out to see her father and mother. With the girl sitting on his back, they went a long, long way, and it took a long, long time. But at last, they came to a large white farmhouse, and her brothers and sisters were running about outside, playing, and it was so pretty, it was a pleasure to look at. Your parents dwell here now, said the white bear, but do not forget what I said to you, or you will do much harm both to yourself and me. No, indeed, said she, I shall never forget. And as soon as she was at home, the white bear turned around and went away. There were such rejoicings when she went in to her parents, that it seemed as if they would never come to an end. Everyone thought he could never be sufficiently grateful to her for all she had done for them. Now, they had everything they wanted, and everything was as good as it could be.
All was well with her, she said, and she had everything she could want. But what other answers she gave did not tell them much about her. In the afternoon, after they had dined at midday, it happened just as the white bear had said. Her mother wanted to walk with her alone, but she remembered what the white bear had told her and would on no account go. What we have to say can be said at any time, she answered. But somehow or other, her mother at last persuaded her, and she was forced to tell the whole story. She told how she continually went about in sadness, thinking how happy she would be if she could only see the white bear when he was a man, and how all day long she was alone, and it was so dull. Oh! cried the mother in horror. He is very likely a troll. You shall have a bit of one of my candles. Look at him with the candle when he is asleep. Take care, though, not to let any tallow drop upon him. So she took the candle and hid it in her dress. And when evening drew near, the white bear came to take her away. When they had gone some distance, the white bear asked her if everything had not happened just as he had suspected, and she had to admit to him that it had. Then, if you have done what your mother wished, he said, you have brought great misery on both of us. No, she said. I have not done anything at all. When they reached home, it was just the same as it had been before. The man came and lay down beside her. And late at night, when she knew he was sleeping, she rose and lit her candle. She saw he was the handsomest prince that eyes had ever beheld. She loved him so much, it seemed she must die if she did not kiss him that moment. She did kiss him, but let three drops of hot tallow fall upon his shirt, and he awoke. What have you done now? said he. If you had just held out for the space of one year, I should have been free. I have a stepmother who has bewitched me, so I'm a white bear by day and a man by night. Now all is at an end, and I must leave you and go to her 
She lives in a castle which lies east of the sun and west of the moon. There is a princess with a nose more than a yard long, and now she is the one I must marry. She wept, but all in vain, for go he must. Then she asked him if she could not go with him. But no, that could not be. Can you tell me the way then, and I will seek you, that I may surely be allowed to do? Yes, you may do that, said he, although there is no way to find it. It lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and never could you find your way there. When she awoke in the morning, both the white bear and the castle were gone, and she was lying on a small green patch in the midst of a dark, thick wood. By her side lay the self-same bundle of rags she had brought with her. When she had rubbed the sleep out of her eyes and wept till she was weary, she set out on her way. At last she came to a great mountain. At its foot, an aged woman was sitting, playing with a golden apple. The girl asked her, Do you know the way to the prince who lives east of the sun and west of the moon? And who is to marry a princess with a nose more than a yard long? How do you happen to know him? inquired the old woman. Maybe you are the one who should have had him. Yes, indeed I am, she said. So it is you then, said the old woman. I know only that he dwells in a castle east of the sun and west of the moon. You will be a long time reaching it, if ever you get there at all. But you shall have the loan of my horse. Ride on it to an old neighbor of mine. Perhaps she can tell you. When you arrive there, you must strike the horse beneath the left ear and bid it return home again. You may, however, Take the golden apple with you. The girl rode for a long, long way, and at last she came to another mountain where an aged woman was sitting with a gold carding comb. The girl asked her if she knew the way to the castle, which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. But she said what the first old woman had said. I know nothing about it, but if that is east of the sun and west of the moon, and you will be a long time in reaching it, if ever you get there at all. 
You shall have the loan of my horse to ride to the old woman who lives beyond me. Perhaps she may know where the castle is. When you have reached her, just strike the horse beneath the left ear and bid it go home again. Then she gave her the gold carding comb, for it might be of use to her. So the girl seated herself on the horse and rode a wearisome way onward again. And after a long, long time, she came to a great mountain where an aged woman was sitting, spinning at a golden spinning wheel. She inquired if she knew the way to the castle, which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. Maybe you should have had the prince, said the old woman. Yes, I should have been the one, said the girl. But this old crone knew the way no better than the others did. It was east of the sun and west of the moon. She knew that. And you will be a long time reaching it if you ever get there at all, she said. But you may have the loan of my horse, and I think you had better ride to the east wind and ask him. Perhaps he may know where the castle is and will blow you there. When you have reached him, you must strike the horse beneath the left ear, and he will come home again. And then she gave her the golden spinning wheel, saying, Perhaps you may find you have a use for it. The girl had to ride for a great many days, for long hours, before she found the east wind. But at last she did arrive, and then she asked him if he could tell her the way to the prince who dwelt east of the sun and west of the moon. Well, said the east wind, I have heard tell of the prince in his castle but I do not know the way to it, for I have never blown so far. But, if you like, I will go with you to my brother, the West Wind. He may know, for he is much stronger than I am. He may sit on my back, and then I can carry you there. She seated herself on his back, and off they went, so very swiftly. When they arrived, the east wind went in and told his brother that the girl he had brought was the one who should have had the prince of the castle, which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. And now she was traveling, about to find him again. And he had brought her to ask if the west wind knew where the castle was. No, said the west wind. As far as that, I have never blown. But if you like, I will go with you to the south wind, 
For he is much stronger than either of us, and has roamed far and wide. Perhaps he can tell you what you want to know. You may seat yourself on my back, and I will carry you to him. They journeyed to the south wind, nor were they long on their way, and the west wind asked his brother if he could tell her the way to the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, for she was a girl who should marry the prince who lived there. Oh, indeed, said the south wind. Well, said he, I have wandered about a great deal in my time, and in all kinds of places, but I have never blown so far as that. If you like, however, I will go with you to my brother, the North Wind. He is the oldest and strongest of us all, and if he does not know where the castle is, no one in the whole world will be able to tell you. You may sit upon my back and I will carry you there. So she seated herself on his back, and off he went from his house in great haste. And they were not long on the way when they came near his dwelling. The north wind was so wild and frantic that they felt cold gusts long before they reached it. What do you want? He roared out from afar, and they froze as they heard his voice. Said the south wind, It is I, and this is the girl who should have had the prince who lives in the castle, which lies east of the sun and west of the moon. And now she wishes to ask you if you have been there, and can tell her the way, for she would gladly find him. Yes, said the north wind, I know where it is. I once blew an aspen leaf there, but I was so tired that for many days afterward I was not able to blow at all. However, if you really are anxious to go there and are not afraid to go with me, I will take you on my back and try to carry you there. Go there I must, said she, and if there is any way I will, I have no fear, no matter how fast you go. Very well then, said the north wind, but you must sleep here tonight, for we must have the day before us. The north wind woke her early the next morning and puffed himself up and made himself so big and so strong that it was frightful to see him. And away they went, high up through the air, as if they would not stop until they had reached the very end of the world. Below there was such a storm. It blew down woods and houses, and 
when they were above the sea, ships were wrecked by the hundreds. Thus, they tore on and on, and a long time went by. And then, yet more time passed, and still, they were above the sea. And the north wind grew tired, and more tired. And at last, so utterly weary, that he was scarcely able to blow any longer. And he sank and sank, lower and lower, until at last he went so low that the crest of the waves dashed against the heels of the poor girl he was carrying. Are you not afraid? asked the north wind. I have no fear, said she, and it was true. They were not very far from land, and there was just enough strength left in the north wind to enable him to throw her onto the shore, immediately under the windows of a castle, which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. But then he was so weary and worn, he was forced to rest for several days before he could go to his own home again. Next morning, the girl sat down beneath the walls of the castle to play with a golden apple, and the first person she saw was the maiden with the long nose who was to marry the prince. How much do you want for that golden apple of yours, girl? She asked, opening the window. It cannot be bought either for gold or money, answered the girl. If it cannot be bought either for gold or money, what will buy it? You may say what you please, said the princess. Well, if I may go to the prince who is here and be with him tonight, you shall have it, said the girl who had come with the north wind. You may do that, said the princess, for she had made up her mind what she was to do. So the princess got the golden apple. But when the girl went up to the prince's apartment that night, he was asleep. For the princess had so contrived it by giving him a sleeping potion. The poor girl called to him and shook him. And between whiles she wept. But she could not wake him. In the morning, as soon as day dawned, in came the princess with 
the long nose and drove her out again. In the daytime, she sat down once more beneath the windows of the castle and began to card with her golden carding comb. And then all happened as it had before. The princess asked her what she wanted for it. And the girl replied, it was not for sale, either for gold or money. But if she could have leave to go to the prince and be with him during the night, she should have it. But when she went up to the prince's room, he was asleep again, and let her call him or shake him or weep as she would. He still slept on, and she could not put any life in him. When daylight came in the morning, the princess with the long nose came too, and once more drove her away. When day had come, the girl seated herself under the castle windows to spin with her golden spinning wheel, and the princess, with the long nose, wanted to have that also. So she opened the window and asked what she would take for it. The girl said what she had said on each of the former occasions. That it was not for sale, either for gold or for money, but she could have leave to go to the prince who lived there and be with him during the night. The princess should have it. Yes, said the princess, I will gladly consent to that. In that palace, there were some decent folk who had been sitting in the chamber which was next to that of the prince and had heard how a woman had been there weeping and calling on him two nights running and they told the prince of this so that evening when the princess came once more with her potion he pretended to drink but threw it away behind him instead for he suspected that it was a sleeping drink. When the girl went into the prince's room, this time he was awake, and she had to tell him how she had come to find her way there. You have come just in time, said the prince, for I should have been married tomorrow, but I will not have the long-nosed princess, and you alone can save me. I will say that I want to see what my bride can do, and bid her wash the shirt, which has the three drops of tallow on it. This she will consent to, for she does not know it was you who let them fall on it. No one can wash them out but one born of real folk. It cannot be done by a troll. Then I will say that no one shall ever be my bride but the woman who can succeed at this.
and I know that you can. There was great joy and gladness between them. And the next day, when the wedding was to take place, the prince said to his stepmother, I must see what my bride can do. That you may, said she. I have a fine shirt, which I want to wear at my wedding, but three drops of tallow have got upon it, which I want to have washed off, and I have vowed to marry no one but the woman who is able to do it. If she cannot, she is not worth having. Well, that was a very small matter, they thought, and agreed to it. The princess with the long nose began to wash as well as she could, but the more she washed and rubbed, the larger the spots grew. Ah, you cannot wash at all, said the old troll who was her mother. Give it to me. But she too had not had the shirt very long in her hands before it looked worse still. And the more she washed it and rubbed it, the larger and blacker grew the spots. The other trolls had to come and wash, but the more they did, the blacker and uglier grew the shirt, until at length it was as black as if it had been up the chimney. Oh, cried the prince, not one of you is good for anything at all. There is a beggar girl sitting outside the window, and I'll be bound she can wash better than any of you. Come in, you girl there, he cried. So she came in. Can you wash the shirt clean? He cried. Oh, I don't know, she said, but I will try. And no sooner had she taken the shirt and dipped it in the water than it was white as driven snow. And even wider than that. I will marry you, said the prince. Then the old troll flew into such a rage that she burst. And the princess with the long nose and all the little trolls must have burst too, for they have never been heard of since. The prince and his bride set free all the good people who were imprisoned there and took with them all the gold and silver they could carry and moved far away from the castle which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. <laughs>